How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. And uh. Happy motherfucking Friday! First Friday of the school year is here. The first weekend of the new school year is here. And uh, so far, so good. I mean, I know there's been some some cases reported, but overall, I think we're doing okay. Dave Blizzard joins us out of Friday. How are you? I'm well. Let me ask a question out of the gates. I know it was a big thing this week where people were saying... Uh, the schools have not been properly ventilated in other places and here and there. And my question was, why were they not properly ventilated in the first place? Yeah. Is the air in a school really that much worse than the air everywhere else? I, I, I don't know that. Uh, Maybe that's why I fell asleep in class so much. Yeah. It's like it's all kinds air. of carbon monoxide or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to know. And you, but didn't you always know about the schools that were worse than others, though? Like, oh, yeah. You always heard things, right? Everybody knew the, of the schools. The kids knew. The kids knew. Yeah. Everybody knew. Like, nobody knew it was a fact, but everybody knew. Like, oh, damn. You like, ever breathe the air in that place? Oh, like, the, the air at North Peel is pretty <laughs> gross. <laughs> right? And people got judgy on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of little people and or, or bigger people, depending on the school, breathing in air constantly. There, that needed to be addressed absolutely before the pandemic. Well, I think that should have been addressed. Why was COVID the thing that made you think probably get the yeah. ventilation fixed? In was here. cold and flu season not enough? <laughs> was it not enough? We've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I think that it might have been something that raised concern, but it was so far on the bottom of the list. And the budgets are always so tight for schools, yeah. like, always so tight. So I don't, I don't, I bet they were just like, fuck that, fuck well, your breathing. You, you know, you know, the kids need those. Those little seats with the the wheels on the bottom that crush fingers in gym class. We've got to make sure we get those. More and, parachutes. Yeah, more, more dodgeballs. Yeah, let's look at all the kids to stand around a parachute and, and roll it up as it goes up in the air. Yeah, that's what happens when air gets underneath it. The air that we should be breathing, by the way. Let's not get parachutes. Let's fix the ventilation. It's true. It's true. <laughs> they, uh, they put in a HEPA filter system in many of the education spaces. As they call them, because I'm sure there's some kids like in like fucking closets and stuff. Uh, so any edu- education space that did not have mechanical ventilation now has a HEPA filter system in it, which means we fix the air in there. Yeah, there we go. We can all breathe again. I wonder what Doug thinks of that. We we took decisive action and we fixed the air. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> well, you know, I'd like to ask Arthur how his class has been the first week. Did he not promise us, Arthur? He I'm did. sorry, but did he, he did. not promise? How come he has not delivered? Another promise this? broken Honestly, by a politician. Not only can we not find Doug most of the time, where the fuck is Arthur? Where is Arthur? You know, if we don't find Doug soon, I'm going to suggest that Arthur just take over because, <laughs> you know, enough's enough. At least Arthur didn't want to shut the schools down in June, and Doug did. So Arthur's already one step ahead of Doug at this point. Uh, guys, a lot of things to talk about in this one. And before we talk about the debate from last night, and I do have a great divorce story coming up for you as well. And we're going to try and talk about the new McDonald's vegan burger at some point too, because Dave, you'll have a unique take on that as someone who is vegan. Um, in the area where our radio show is Kitchener Waterloo for the second time in a year, somebody walked into a fucking Walmart location last night and set the toilet paper on fire. Again, last year, right around this time, three Walmarts hit, three different fires set, all of them the toilet paper. And a year later, in in a weird turn of nostalgia, somebody did it again last night. Why the fuck are people setting the toilet paper on fire? I don't get it. Do you think that uh, it's a copycat situation or do you think it's the same people? It has to be copycat. I mean, the last people got in a lot of shit. They did $12 million worth of damage. They got in so much shit, they had to steal toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't afford it anymore for all the fines they have. Walmart was shut down for weeks last time because of that fire. The smoke did a lot of damage. So here's my thing. If, If that's 
first of all, stupid. Don't do it. It's dumb. You shouldn't have done it in the first place. But if it's a form of protest or it's trying to send a message, could you get any muddier on what your message is? Yeah. Because yeah. lighting Thank the you. toilet paper on fire at Walmart, I don't know what you're trying to say. We don't know. You we know, don't understand it. That makes no sense. Yeah. So I don't know what point you're trying to make when you do that. But yeah. it, mission failed. Because mm-hmm. I still don't know why you did that. Yeah. The, now, the person that he brought into custody over this particular one, they didn't give an age. They didn't give anything, right? Mm. No, we don't know anything about the suspect as of right now as we record. And okay. it's about 20 to 10 on Friday, September the 10th. Okay. Because that could at least give you a little bit of a hint. Like, oh, a stupid kid heard about it and thought it was, you know, thought that they were sending a message. It doesn't make sense. Or I don't know. I don't get it. It's dumb. I, I'm assuming it's going to be a copycat. But it's honestly really frustrating like all you're doing is putting people out of work for a while right causing obviously and yes of course they have insurance but you still cause damage to so many items not just the toilet paper by the way but because of the smoke they usually have to ditch a lot of the items in that area of the store which is why then they have to put more on the shelves it's really just making a bigger mess so i guarantee you whatever you thought that you were trying to prove you made a bigger mess a bigger mess than you ever could have imagined. It sounds like and somebody a- watched Fight Club and thought, yep, anarchy's the way to go. Yep, <laughs> I'm going to go light the toilet paper on fire at Walmart and really send a message. I am Tyler Durden. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. It's like, whoever dumb. did that, yeah. just a fucking loser. Um, last night was the debate. Quickly around the table, did you watch and first impressions after having watched the debate? Didn't watch it live, but I... I- caught highlights afterwards which is not a great way to watch that because you don't you don't really get the nuance uh of how the actual conversation went um it's kind of weird to me that it's the only the only one we're going to get uh because i feel like there there could have been probably a lot more to discuss on a uh you know either future ones or on a, a much longer period i don't know how many people could sit through like a you know a five hour marathon of that stuff but i i don't know i don't know that they're very effective to be honest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, Kat, you watched a bit of it this morning, I think. I right? actually did. And I didn't just watch highlights. I actually watched like a good couple of chunks of it. And I mean, Dave is right. There's a lot more that I would have liked to hear that wasn't there. And they kind of set it up in different categories and chunks. So it was like climate change and, uh, you know, indigenous people. What are you doing? And, you know, that kind of thing. And there were, of course, that was those were very important topics. But there were also topics that for me were definitely missing that I would have liked to see. A lot of the usual stuff, uh, talking over each other and nagging and all that stupid shit I can't stand. But I feel like I didn't really get anywhere because I am kind of undecided right now. But what it did do was kind of knock some people off my list of potentials for sure. Yeah, so at least there was that for me. But I don't think it was was enough. I do agree with Dave. I almost wish, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, you will know this information. I know you do. There should be a place you can go where you literally just type in what matters to you right now. You know, um, support for indigenous peoples, um, housing, uh, taxes. Boom. Here's what NDP want. Here's what uh, conservatives say. Here's what liberals say. That would be great. No? Is there not a place that we can go where it's crystal clear for people so we don't have to sift through all the junk in order to try to salvage some pieces that that actually matter to us? Listen, there's a lot of places you can go and it'll be a survey and take the survey and it'll tell you how you should vote and all that sort of shit. Most of them are partisan. Most of them are skewed and they're put on by someone who wants you to vote a certain way. And I don't know if I necessarily trust them. When it comes to all the major issues, all of the parties have a platform on it. To me, it's not really about anymore. Uh, uh, this plan for truth and reconciliation or that plan for truth and reconciliation. It's about who's actually going to take care of truth and reconciliation. And frankly, Justin Trudeau, the biggest knock on him last night was that he has promised a ton of shit in six years and not done any of it. You can't count on the guy to follow through on his big promises. And I mean, he got absolutely hit by a truck last night. Like, even the moderators seemed like they were ganging up on the guy. I'm going to play a couple of highlights for you from last night. Let's start off with the moderator. To you, Mr. Trudeau, you plunged the country into an election even as the pandemic spurs thousands of new cases. But over the last 18 months, opposition parties have largely stood with you, putting the nation above politics. Why aren't you doing the same? How can you justify an election at this time. 
Tonight, over the next couple of hours, you're going to hear some very, very different, very strong ideas uh, that are radically different about how we're going to move forward through this pandemic to end it, how we're going to build back better. Those decisions are going to be taken by your government now, in the coming weeks, this fall, not a year from now, not two years from now. Could it not and have I waited a few months, Mr. Go, Trudeau? I know you want to go harder and faster on vaccinations. I know you want to go harder and faster on climate change. And you get to choose exactly that in this election. Did he answer that question? Because I'm not sure that he did. I don't think so. No. I mean, why are you having an election right now? I almost wish the fucking guy would just come out and say, because I thought I could win a majority. This is politics and it's basically a sport. And if you can win, if you have a window of opportunity, then you open the window and go for the opportunity. I almost wish he would just say what we all know because he's coming off as a sleazy asshole when he avoids questions like that. Just say what it is. Everybody knows you thought you could win a majority and there's nothing wrong with that. Many minority governments have called an election to try and win a majority. I don't know why he won't just say it. Mm -hmm. Just say it's true. Say it, Justin. I think he might have underestimated, and and maybe this is across the board, but I think he might have underestimated the amount of people who are not voting for something, they're voting against something. Mm -hmm. So there's so many people, and it's disappointing when that happens because people are voting because they don't, or if they're going to vote against Trudeau, they're saying that they they don't like Trudeau. So if you don't vote liberal, that means it's because you don't like him. Not because you disagree with all the policies, not because you disagree with the philosophies, but just simply because you don't like him. As either the leader or just in general, because I a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that come along with the let's just use conservative as an example. Uh, vote conservative. It's always attached to a we uh, say no to Trudeau kind of thing, and it's like it's now it's not a vote for; it's a vote against. And mm-hmm. I think he really underestimated how many people think that way and feel that way. Where it's like I just can't vote for this guy anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's ironic because the liberals are only in power. Because of Justin Trudeau, when he came on the scene back in, what was it, 2014, people were like, look at him. He's got progressive ideas and he's good looking and he's got a beautiful family and, oh, he'd be great to represent Canada. And we went through, what was it, four years with Justin? And then we had an election. And I remember it distinctly in 2019 during that campaign, the conservatives whole angle was Justin Trudeau, not as advertised. He's not the guy you thought he was. And that reduced him from a majority to a minority. And now he might actually lose. He may not be the prime minister in two weeks because people are starting to catch on to the fact that he's not what he says he is. And that got really underscored last night. I think this was the moment of the debate. It was the leader of the Green Party, Anime Paul, who flat out to his face called Justin Trudeau out. I have said before, and I'll say again tonight, that I do not believe that Mr. Trudeau is a real feminist. A feminist doesn't continue to push strong women out of his, um, out of his party uh, when uh, they are just seeking to serve. And I will say their names tonight and thank them. Thank you, Jane Philpott. Thank you, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Thank you, Selena Cesar Chavez. And I'm here tonight thanks to the work that you have done. Kat, as a woman, how does that feel? How does that come mm-hmm. off to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's the only she's the only woman there. You know, when you look at that and that's that's I don't know, as a woman honestly looking at that panel, I was like, it, you know, you have a couple of cultures and things and and such represented in that panel, but for the most part as the only woman there, she had to do that, right? You couldn't hear that exact same thing coming from Erin O'Toole. You know, nope. if it comes from a woman, you know that that point's going to hit a lot harder. Because what are you going to argue about with her? What are you going to say to her? How do you defend yourself against that, right? Yeah. So I think he it was smart of her. Yeah. I well, think it was smart. Yeah, and I was going to say that. How do you defend that? And I think that that's an unfair position to be put in because I don't mean to open a can of worm on this. Um, oh, open it up. Let's hear right. the fucking drama. <laughs> open those wormies. Here we go. Being a feminist doesn't mean you think women don't do anything wrong. Being a feminist doesn't mean you have to support a woman in every single thing at all turns, no matter what. Doesn't matter what they do. If you don't agree with them and you decide that they're not the right person for a job, again, story aside, whatever it may be, that doesn't make you not supportive of women. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, at some point, we have to be able to separate the identity of the person and talk more about the job. And 
if it was if if these women were let go because they're women, that's a different story. But I don't think that was the case. And and I just I think that you can be a feminist without or you can be a feminist with criticizing women. And not women as a whole, but a woman. So if yeah. somebody is is in a position that that say works for you, I'll take me for example. If I had a woman that works for me that I didn't think was up to the job and we needed to make a change, does that make me not a supporter of women because we had to let a woman go? You know what, no, I, mean? You know totally. what I mean? No, it doesn't. Not at all. Totally. Um, but I could be accused of that. Oh, it's there it is. It's a guy. A, you know, a guy once again controlling you know, right. the destination of a woman and, and, and that kind of thing. And for sure, if you had a history of it, if it was like a constant cycle yes. of like, oh, do you notice how they keep firing these women before they could potentially have children and fuck up their schedules and yeah. all the, then there's a problem. But I, I agree with you. And it, in an individual by individual basis, if that person's not right for the job, if something isn't working, then it is about being equal. And if it is yeah. about being equal, then bye-bye, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman or you identify as a they or a them or a he or a she, Whatever. Bye-bye, you didn't work for this job, and that's equality. And I think being a feminist, to kind of that kind of, it's a weird, I don't like blurring that line between no, equality and right. feminism, right? And They're I, two different things. I think people treat it as a black and white thing, yeah. and there's a little more nuance to it. There's and a little it, more. It's a, it's a much bigger gray area than people are willing to admit. They think it's, it's one or the other. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. So in his defense, what would he have been able to say? Yeah. To getting rid of that. I mean, I if I were Justin yesterday, uh, he's just not good on his feet sometimes. Last night, he was very, very punchy. He came off very angry at times, too. It, it was kind of hard to watch. Uh, if I were Justin, I would just say it the way it is. Uh, listen, we have a party, and we had a particular issue that involved confidentiality, and Jody Wilson-Raybould went against my standards for privacy, and I can't have that. So I did have to make a change. The fact that Jane wanted to go with her, well, that was Jane's choice. But I still have a female uh, as the deputy prime minister. I still have a lot of females in my caucus. You know, there's lots of ways he Mm -hmm. could have defended it, but he didn't. And part of the reason he didn't is because it's a fight he's not going to win. People that don't think he's a feminist have a lot of reason to think that he's not a feminist. He's the one who will run around and scream at the top of the mountains. I'm a feminist. But then there's accusations of sexual misconduct when he doesn't do anything about them. Uh, Members of his own caucus accused of sexually harassing staff members. Seems like the investigation was nothing more than a cover-up. He said, we believe the victims, but he's never really shown that we believe the victims. You know, I mean, actions do speak louder than words in some cases, and they speak very loud when it comes to the prime minister's track record on feminist issues. So, I mean, that aside, okay, it's not just his credibility on feminism, it's his credibility on a lot of things. And him and Jugmeet Singh got into it last night. Let's talk about right now. You had six years. Why did and you've you got get the, let me finish. Let me finish. Climate. You've got the worst track record in all the G7 after six years. How Mr. can people Singh. trust you? He had a lot of great lines like that. And again, what does Trudeau say to that? He did have six years. I don't think last night was a very good night for the prime minister. I get that they're claiming it was a wild success, but it doesn't seem like it went that well. I mean, if, if you miss the debate and you're wondering, okay, well, what can I take away from it? It was a gang-up effort on Trudeau, and there's definitely a lot of stuff to work with there. The Green Party, Anime Paul, did a great job. I don't know if it's going to win her any more seats or cost her seats, but she seemed to do a very good job. Jugmeet Singh came off, or came off as a really nice, likable guy next door. He's got a really fun way of explaining things that I think, in particular, young people relate to. And Aaron O'Toole didn't do a lot, but he also didn't need to do a lot. He really just needed to not screw up, and he didn't screw up. There was a lot of people that were waiting, though, for uh, Trudeau to fight back a little bit. So, you know how you said he was kind of punchy and it was a little uncomfortable? I think there's people who've been waiting for that, you know, where it's he's taken a lot and he's usually either avoids the question altogether or is very slow in his response and very calm and he's trying to be that calming voice so i think people were saying like i want to see a little fire so for those who are saying that he won that's probably where that comes from yeah i guess it's just that's not the sunny ways that got him elected the first time you know it's angry justin trudeau that's yelling and he made a really really rude comment to anime paul um When she was talking to him about feminism, he said, I will not take lectures about caucus management from you. 
And it, I get what he was going for. And yes, the Greens have been in the news because they did have some internal problems. Uh, that was a debate over religion, to be perfectly honest. And and Anna Mae Paul stood her ground and she's still the leader and she will continue to be the leader. But I don't know that that was necessarily the way Justin meant for it to come off because it really sounded snarky and rude. Uh, all in all, I don't know. I mean, if you were going to vote for Trudeau before the debate, maybe you'll still vote for him now. I don't know if it changed your mind and now you've, you're looking for somebody else. I don't think my mind got changed. I just can't vote for my local candidate. He's a prick. So oh, I'm not going that's, to. That's another thing. And we mentioned it in the podcast before, but it's been quiet like locally. And for me, I would like to hear more there. Maybe it would help me make a, a clearer decision. But one thing I will mention, because you mentioned Jugmeat, and he does seem like a nice guy, but man, that guy tries really fucking hard. Like he is really trying hard. I don't know if you follow him, Dave, on any of the platforms, but he's really trying for that young vote. Yeah. And, you know, has someone who's maybe an in-between and a millennial looking at that, and I know he's trying to get the the really young votes. I'm talking about the 20-somethings, right? And you could tell. And sometimes it comes off to me as desperate, really desperate. Like he posted a video the other day about how, hey, tell me what songs you're vibing to right now because I'm making a playlist. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not kidding. He used these words. (laughs) Tell me what songs you're vibing to right now. I want to bump these on my bus on the campaign trail. So you're vibing to something. What's the what are the big what are the big tunes right? Yeah. What's going on? What's the four one one? You know he's he's spill really tea man with like, the TikTok and it's good for him because he does have a lot of followers on TikTok. I'm yeah. not sure how many of them are actual Canadian voters on his TikTok account. I see what he's trying to do, but as someone who he, I just don't buy with, it. He comes in with like a like a Varney France T-shirt, <laughs> 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 a Club Monaco sweater tied around his waist. He's like. Hello, fellow youths. Yeah. <laughs> that's, ex- that's what it seems like to me. It's just, to me, it comes off as so desperate. And I want really? so badly to like like him fully as a person. And I do. I agree with you. you. He did come off as a nice guy. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with him in terms of, you know, certain aspects of the platform, not the entire thing. But then I look at these videos and it actually deters me from, I don't want that. So it's the opposite effect for you. It has the opposite effect. And when Justin Trudeau came in, I know he came in as this vision of like a younger guy, a good looking dude, all the things you mentioned as well, Scott, earlier. That's so true, right? Fresh ideas, cool guy. But it wasn't quite like this. Like this is coming off as kind of stinky to me, like stinky desperation. So it doesn't come off as that's what he would be doing if he wasn't campaigning. Bingo. It's not his day to day life. It's I get I see what he's trying to do. I don't think it's him. I don't think it's him fully. And I and, you know, and I'm good with some of the stuff he does. I love his frankness. You know, hey, hey, dude, like sometimes he'll just say things like that. I'm good with that. You're a real person. I like to see a human. But this is like really digging hard here, really digging hard deep on these young ones. And it's obvious to me. And that's what it's, it irks me. I don't like it. You know, I honestly think after watching him through, what is it, two or three different election cycles now, I think he's been through, this is his second campaign. Um, and I probably never would have said this a few years ago, but I'll say it now. If whatever astonishing thing happens on election day and we wake up the next morning and Jugmeet Singh is the prime minister of Canada. I'm okay with it. As far as balancing a budget and managing money is concerned, not spending more than you take in that sort of thing. That's completely out the fucking window. Even the conservatives don't even realize that they're conservative. I mean, their budget promises are ridiculous too, but since the money apparently doesn't matter anymore, and we're just going to keep printing an infinite amount of it anyway, then I would be totally fine if he were the prime minister. I would be. And I might even vote for him, like I said, because I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place in my personal riding here in Milton. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do want to move on to a couple other things. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Uh, For those who have been through a divorce, you might have an interesting take on this. Husband and wife decided they were going to separate. This was last November. They decided we're done. They live in Kentucky and they have spent almost a year now 
getting things worked out. They have a separation agreement. They've agreed on how they're going to split their assets. They've agreed on living arrangements. They've even agreed on uh, custody and visitation for their young daughter. They had all their ducks in a row. All they needed was the judge to sign off on their divorce. The judge wouldn't grant them the divorce. Listen to this. I get the vibe that you all might be able to work this out, and I could be wrong, but I've said through a lot of these things. Would it be beneficial to either of you all if I order you to go to reconciliation counseling, or are you past that? I mean, I would say we're past that. This is something really no one would have seen coming. Being told to stay with your ex when you both agree that it's over is pretty stunning. Usually people are only ordered to go to some form of counseling when they demonstrate that they can't get along and that they need extra help in co-parenting. But here, where everyone's on the same page about most of the issues in the case, I mean, that's the ideal. That's what you would want out of people. I don't know that she had all of the information. And so once she has all the information, I think that she will have no issue granting the divorce. So you had a Mm. bit of the lawyers talking there and you had a bit of the applicant talking there. And basically, if you haven't figured it out yet, these two went to a judge. They each had a lawyer. They were represented. They had an agreement drawn up and they said, judge, we want to be divorced. The judge said, "Nah, I got a good vibe about you guys. I think this can work and ordered them to go to counseling. (laughs) Well, Melvin hasn't tried to set your car on fire, so I think you should give him another chance. (laughs) That's kind of what I'm hearing in, in this. What in the actual fuck is that? That's crazy to me. I don't know. There's two consenting adults who have decided to dissolve their marriage. And they have played nice with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we hear lots of stories where that doesn't happen. So the fact that they were able to do it, do it maturely, agree, and not want to throw rocks at each other's heads. Hey, that's a great thing. That's a win. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge win. You can, If you can amicably walk away from each other, wish each other the best, and truly and sincerely mean it, that's awesome. And then this judge is like, no, I don't think so. Go to counseling. Okay, do we know much, uh, Scott, in this story, do we know much about the judge? Has the judge been doing this for many, many years? I mean, As I far as I know, so. she is a very experienced judge. Yeah. I believe I read that she'd been on the bench for at least seven years. Well, and it sounds like in her statement, she's like, you know, I've sat through a lot of these. Yeah. So I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one and keep in, bear in mind, I've never had a separation, a serious separation of any kind. So maybe that, maybe that coming from that perspective, people who have are like, that's like off. a humble brag from Kat. She's no. just like, nobody ever wants to leave me. No. <laughs> <laughs> They've tried, but I won't let it. I'm like the judge. I won't Nobody's let it happen. Nobody's leaving this good. Yeah. good. No, nobody leaves. <laughs> We're going to counseling. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hear me out here because if this judge is experienced and they are a judge, that is what they do. And they have seen these cases a lot. And even though you're right there, everything seems amicable on paper. Everything seems Okay. The judge must have seen or heard something that's missing here. We weren't in these proceedings. We don't know these people. The judge must have seen or heard something or knows something that we don't know. And what if what if the judge is onto something? I mean, well, I hear what you're saying, but first of all, marriage is a tough thing when you get along. Um, marriage is infinitely more difficult when you're not getting along. So it's not a one size fits all for everybody. So this judge being like. You can salvage the marriage. What if these two people are just like, uh, we just don't want to be married to each other anymore. Like maybe there wasn't an incident that led to a fallout. Maybe it was just a, you know, I just don't enjoy nothing with you. I don't enjoy sitting with beside you watching TV. I I just don't enjoy it. I'm not happy anymore. And the other person goes, yeah, me neither. Yeah, I see your face and I want to vomit. And I just don't <laughs> yeah, want to do yeah. that anymore. I just want to punch it. But you know, I mean, it can be it can be that se- severe or it can be just that mild to just go, nah, I'm good. So I have- see literally anyone else and want to fuck them more than you. So I, I just, I think the divorce is the next step. The thought of laying beside you in our marital bed gives me acid reflux and I would like it to stop immediately. You know, at one point I liked you, but then I realized how crazy that was. And you're an asshole. I don't even want to like live with you anymore, let alone be married. Fucking hate you. Like really hate you. What? So what happens now then? Oh my God, me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so amicable. It's so true. Fucking hate each other so much. Maybe they'll hate each other so much. They'll fall back in love. It's kind of like, hey, hate you. Hate you too. Hate you too. (laughs) So what? Just make it a term of endearment. I'm so curious as to how that's going to work. Because obviously 
it's a story because it's a news story because nobody's ever heard of this or maybe it's happened once or twice before. Nobody's heard of that. I've never heard of this. What happens next? Do they, ha- so they have to sit there in, in chairs side by side, basically speaking with some form of a counselor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do, are they just like, fuck this. Let's just get this over with. How many sessions is it going to take? Are they at least going to cap the sessions? Because after a couple, if they know this is stupid, can't they just say to the judge, we went, we're done. It's not happening. Judge. Like, and- but what a waste of time. What a waste of, and money. <laughs> yes. All of it. I do think that that's probably how it will go down if the judge sticks to it. And they are going to be back in court on Monday because the lawyers for both sides have agreed that they have an agreement. And all the judge needs to do is grant the divorce. But judges have more power than the prime minister of Canada or the president of the United States. So maybe judges can make rulings that are binding. So maybe and this, this is so ju- far what's been ruled. Yeah. Well, maybe this judge believes marriage is something different than these two people believe it is and she wants to protect the sanctity of marriage and is like nah you know you you kids can figure this out like we don't want to like you're not interested and why would you be a judge though why would you be a judge and continue to do this for a living if that's all you probably see is separations and divorces i have a theory on that actually and i'm wondering if this is what's behind it is that judge probably does see a lot of Very contentious divorces. Mm -hmm. The fact that these two came in there, each with their own lawyers, but extremely amicable, they'd already worked out all of the tough details that lawyers need to work out and that judges need to rule on. They'd agreed on a parenting agreement. Maybe the judge thought, since there is so much agreement here between two people who apparently don't want to be married anymore, eh, maybe it's worth just one more shot with the counseling aspect. If they can agree on the most difficult things to agree on, the end of a marriage and the asset separation in the kids, maybe they can agree on an existence going forward. I kind of see that maybe that's where the judge was going with this, but either way, it doesn't change the fact that like Dave said, here's two consenting adults in full agreement that they hate. Well, they don't necessarily hate each other, but they certainly don't want to be married to each other anymore. And they want out. I kind of think at that point, it's the judge's obligation to grant the divorce. Could you imagine the lawyer stands up and and just says, uh, your honor, I'd like to uh, submit something to the court. Oh, please, by by all means, counselor. Um, exhibit A, it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to submit that officially into the court. Uh, honestly, like I, I just don't I, I don't know yeah. if it's like a power wielding kind of thing. And I don't mean that she's doing this maliciously, but it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I just even though I don't know you people and I'm not involved in your business. I think that you should uh, you should work it out. Yeah, is she just trying this for fun just to see what happens? Or like <laughs> yeah. I I really did assume that she knew something or saw something that we didn't. But if that's not the case, then why 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 now? Just like oh, I've been doing this a while. I Fuck saw it, you guys at Danny's. You guys looked like you really were enjoying that short stack. In fact, <laughs> you even shared a fruit cup. Let's start. Let's stir the pot a little bit. Let's make you uh, seek counseling for this. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really God, would, I hope I don't get that judge. Honestly, oh my God. I will. I don't even know if I can testify in that, but I will testify for you. I will. T- <laughs> don't worry. It's going to come to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't talk about it very often, but I did say on our FM radio show today that on the podcast, I would talk about it. Uh, and not in too much depth, but an update for the longtime listeners is I've been in the process of getting divorced for almost four years now, and I'm still not divorced. Mm-hmm. Still not. To put it in perspective, I had zero children when Scott was separated. I now have a daughter in just junior kindergarten. Okay, let's just put <laughs> exactly. it that way. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I have been trying, and and really, what it comes down to is you need to give it every effort possible to reach a, a resolution between the two of you before you involve the courts, because the courts will make a ruling, but it's very, very expensive and a long process to get that done, and and you might not like the end result. That's why it's always better to try and work these things out between the two of you. And and we've tried to work things out, but there isn't common ground there. So now we've got to go through the process. And uh, it's going through the courts now, but yeah, I am uh, still in the process of trying to get divorced. And what a long and frustrating situation it's got to be. But you look at the, you know, the fact that this couple did all the legwork and they're like, you know, I feel good about this. And hey, me too. So let's let's go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to get to the point where they wanted to put a fork in each other's eyeballs. Like it didn't get there. That's amazing. And this may be a shock to some people, but you can actually still get along with an ex. 
And you can walk away from a relationship without mm-hmm. there being, mm-hmm. you know, a, a bomb going I off. I know of those couples. I know of those people. Sorry, I shouldn't say couples, but friends now, right? They're obnoxious, but sure. Sure, but they figured it out, right? Like, yeah. they figured it out. They just say, yeah, we're better as friends. They agree. They date new people, and maybe they're still in each other's lives because of kids. Maybe not, but yeah. they just, they're like, be you. You do you. It didn't work as a couple, but they're happy. And... So again, I just, I need to know more about something's up with this situation. Something's going on. She saw something. She heard something that made her do this. Maybe the judge is in love. Maybe she got laid and thought everybody should experience this feeling. Right? It's got to be something though. Maybe it is that. Are you suggesting the the judge might've been on ecstasy or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) Judge dropped some fucking E and she clearly got laid the night before and thought, Everybody should be this happy. Did they drug test the judge? Huh? Did they? <laughs> ah, they usually don't. Huh? That's a good point. They should. Uh, okay, last thing here. Uh, we're not going to have time to talk about the money today, but we'll try and circle back to that next week. McDonald's has announced formally that they're ready to roll out their new vegan burger, and they're going to be testing it initially over in the UK and Ireland. They're calling it the McPlant Burger. It was developed with Beyond Meat. It features a plant-based patty on a vegan sesame bun with vegan cheese and vegan sauce. Both the patty and the cheese are made with pea protein. That's P-E-A protein. You don't know that. They say. (laughs) It's made from piss. Yeah. (laughs) No, not that kind of protein. Pea, like P-E-A. Yeah. And, uh... I have to assume, I have to assume that McDonald's, who spends a ton of money on R&D, has rolled this out to a very, very large focus group who gave it a good review before they put it out in restaurants. Either that, or they know this thing's going to be a fucking bomb that no one is ever going to order, and they're just doing this to say they tried to go vegan-friendly, and nobody ordered it, so fuck it, and they'll pull it off the menu in a year. I do have a feeling that people are going to eat this, though. In fact, it looks like a quarter pounder with a tomato on it. But, okay, so I (laughs) am not, uh, I'm not the demographic for this, I'll put it that way, but I know of vegetarians who won't go near McDonald's with a 10-foot pole because there's trust issues there. Yeah. And maybe it's that way with all fast food, but there are some who have a good reputation, who have a very solid reputation. They have separate um, areas for cooking veggie burgers. I know Harvey's is one of those people. They take very mm-hmm. good care to make sure that everything's separated. If you're really hardcore, and you want, but you want that veggie burger. I don't see McDonald's as being a trusted source to go to for that, for people who are that hardcore. Because and maybe for some people, yes. For some people who are just cutting meat for fun for a while, they might get that. But if you are a true vegan... Are you going to walk into a restaurant filled with patties and meat and 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 non-vegan foods just to grab that one vegan one? You're still supporting something yeah. that maybe you don't want to support. But you're vegan, Dave, so correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. There's a there's a lot of people that will not go there for various reasons. Like you may say, "Oh, french fries. That's just no meat in that." But the oil they use, uh they it's a shared oil. They use it for chicken nuggets. They use it for other things that they they fry and God knows what, but um, cross-contamination is a real thing in a space like that, and they're working so fast, and I, you're right. If my, if my reason for being a vegan is I cannot support anything that has to do with animals, then, yeah, this isn't going to be for you. But if you're doing it for other reasons, like it's a, a dietary thing strictly, and, and you're like, I just don't want to eat meat, then this is an alternative that could work out for you. If you're not worried about trace amounts, if you're not worried about getting something in your body and you're not going to crumple to your knees if you find out there was a, you know egg in something or you know something to that effect that i could see it working out they did test one here in um kind of like southwestern ontario they did between london and kitchener i think i don't know if it went to guelph or not but they had the plt plant lettuce tomato yep they did that last year and i did try it and and it was okay it was all right okay. i was still trying to find a good Burger alternative. Okay. Uh, and I've since found an incredible one. Um, the Impossible Burgers, unbelievably good. Better than the Beyond Meat. So right? much better. And, and the Beyond Meat's good for certain things. But um, for this particular one, I think you'll get people trying it out of curiosity. It mm-hmm. may stick around. But if you notice that like a McDonald's menu now, they don't have salads anymore. Mm-hmm. Like just gone. Um, the healthy options 
have dwindled quite a bit at McDonald's, yes, right? And yeah. th- now they're like, oh, we're bringing something back that everyone's excited about. And it turns out to be spicy chicken nuggets. And we're like, where's yeah, the, the fuck pizza? out of here? Yeah, where's the McPizza? Yeah, <laughs> get the goddamn so pizza going again. They, Let's go. Did they start that? Up on purpose, like they knew totally. full well we were hoping for the McPizza or the McRib. There's no other fucking possibility that we're thinking about anything else but those two objects. And then yeah. they come out with the spicy nugs. Nobody cares. I haven't had I, I, I haven't had a McRib in a billion years. Um, do they still make it where the bone is simulated in the <laughs> rib? Pretend rib. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah, and it has like a like a it's like a slow, like a rectangle shape <laughs> in the meat, and that's supposed to simulate. Is it in the states still? Scott might know this. Yeah, it is still available okay. at a lot of U.S. locations. I'm pretty confident that McDonald's decided they were going to go with a new social media strategy and they clearly hired somebody who knows what they're doing. And I think the whole thing was planned when, oh, we're bringing something back that you've been asking for. Yeah, you're right. Everybody assumed it was either the McRib or the McPizza. And when it was neither, I think they loved getting shit on because people were paying attention to them again. Mm -hmm. And that's good. They've got to try and keep their name in the news. When it comes to this vegan burger, and they do say, by the way, the McPlant will be cooked separately from other McDonald's sandwiches. So that's good that they're aware that it's a concern that there could be some cross-contamination. I don't know how much I trust their process because I can't tell you how many times I've asked for, uh, I don't know, a, a Big Mac. And out comes a fucking double cheeseburger. So I don't know how thoroughly they're doing shit. You ask for a cookie and they give you an ice cream, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to see the possibility here that there could be some cross-contamination. But I think where this really appeals to people is in a situation like you, Dave. Girlfriend, regular. Dave, vegan. Regular. Regular. (laughs) A normal person. Girlfriend, a normie. Dave, a weirdo. <laughs> if, Come on, uh, Normie. If you guys are driving home from a Jays game, and I'm using that as an example because I saw you were at the Jays game the other night. Yep. You're driving home from a Jays game, and she just wants to stop off and, and grab some nugs for the road. Eh, all right, fine. We can go to McDonald's. I'll just grab a, a McPlant because that works for your diet. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is where the majority of it's going to come from other than gross curiosity. I mean, even I'll probably try the goddamn thing, even though I have no interest in it. Yeah. But I I think that that's where they can really excel there is in the, nobody wants to be the odd man out. Nobody wants to not order anything just because it's McDonald's. But from a vegan, a true vegan stance, and I don't want to speak for you, Dave, but there's a lot of vegans who just plain won't support anything that is involving cruelty <laughs> yeah. to animals. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't yeah. think any chain kills more cows and chickens than McDonald's itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I I mean, maybe rephrase that. They don't, well, it's, it's not like they've got a slaughterhouse. Yeah, the you don't open the back door of McDonald's and there's a cow getting punched in the face. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> they use more animal they, product. Let's put it that of way. Of course they do. I mean, Well, from, somebody fucking killed a cow and it ended up on between two buns at McDonald's. It's true. But there's always going to be those hard, those people who are, I'm going to say hardcore, and I hope that's not offensive to people who are, who are true, because I know people who are true vegans who will not even enter an establishment that has that. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't you just if you're mcdonald's should you not just own what you are like they got rid of the salads you're right there's not a ton of healthy options it's really hard to go there and get those you have to order individual items for example you have to be like can you get me an eggs just eggs you know if and that's i'm not talking about vegans obviously because they won't do it but from morning to night there's no healthy options so why don't you just own it like why do you need to go out of your way to try for that you know vegan burger because someone else has a vegan burger down the road is it really going to make that much of a difference it might because there's that you, scott nailed it the, the the audience of people who are not hardcore vegan as you said and then you said it too cat like a, somebody who's fine semi-normal with, yeah. yeah not se- hardcore kind of normal yeah kind of normie yeah. medium normies yeah those people are are the ones who are going to be okay trying it because yeah. they're they're not bothered by cross-contamination uh, you, so many times you go to a restaurant, they'll even tell you, we can't promise that this did not cross-contaminate with, yeah. with nuts or things like that. So they let people know who have a nut allergy, like there's a chance that this might have still come in contact with some almonds or something like that. They still let you know. So the di- if it's a dietary choice and, and, you're, and you're okay with cross-contamination or trace amounts of stuff, this is the people they're talking to with this, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to convince a hardcore vegan no. to, to go there anyway. No. Yeah, just own it. Hey, we're a burger joint that also sells some pretty damn good pieces of chicken. We're not going to tell you what part of the chicken it's from. Just fucking eat it. And the sauces are good, too. That's all they have to do. 
I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't go to McDonald's expecting that's the healthiest thing I could have yeah. eaten. Yeah, just and I'm okay with point. that when I want McDonald's. They're just, it's funny. They're And they're just adding hash browns to wraps now. And I mean, all the oh, places are. You know, yeah, like, just like, let's, pile on more, let's pile on more deep fried carby shit onto what we already have. I wonder how many of those ideas came out of like just board staff. Because I'll tell you a very quick story. When I worked at Taco Bell, we had certain items that you couldn't carry over to the next day. Um, but what we would do at the end of the night is make sure that there was enough to make some really interesting concoctions. You're making burritos with steak and French fries and guacamole and all kinds of stuff in it. And it's just like, (laughs) it's an insult to food, but we're, we're making them at the end of the night. Uh, so I wonder how many of these ideas come up from just, uh, an employee going, you stick a hash brown and a slice of cheese on that. Yeah. All right, let's go yeah. for it. Why, why should I have to eat two separate things? Put it in one. Yeah, that's too much work. I got to take the hash brown out of that piece of paper yeah, and then have the wrap out of this one. Put it all together. Yeah, what do they think I am? I think it sells well, that said. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Yeah, right? Like, But again, that's why you just got to own it. There's people who will be into that shit. So just own what you are. Have the 420 menu. Yeah. Or they should. It's yeah. Like, can you take the breading off of a chicken nugget and make a cone out of it for a McFlurry. You want to dip it in Oreo McFlurry. Like, what? That's not a thing, sir. There's a <laughs> try it. There's a credibility <laughs> problem there. McDonald's needs to own it. Nobody goes to fucking Arby's and asks for a vegetarian option because their whole slogan is "We have the meats." And McDonald's is basically the same. It is what it is. I don't even know that they need the McPlant. I do know that they need to change the name because McPlant sounds fucking weird. Yeah, it's odd. It's right up there with McFish for me. It's just like, ugh. I don't want to say it out loud. Do they call the, it that? In the or is it filet fish <laughs> filet fish But still. Because people call it the Mick everything, right? McFish. McChicken. McPlant. I, McPlant. I don't even want to say it, it out loud. It does not roll off the tongue. Like, well. I wouldn't want to order it. Like, McPlant. can I get the, the, the number th- the number seven? Whatever that. I, the McPlant? Yeah. The, the McPlant? McPlant. Uh, yeah. It's gr- it grosses. I feel like it's dirt on a bun. Like, it, that's the <laughs> best McPlant. is when. Yeah. So, if you order a veggie burger and a place goes, do you want cheese on that? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, mm. I don't know if you're understanding why yeah, I'm getting a veggie burger. You know it will happen, though. <laughs> oh, you know absolutely. exactly it will happen. Yeah, it'll happen. Okay, I got extra mayo on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> and I'm a vegan. Can only, I get more mayo? Only one strip of bacon on it, please. Yeah. I'm pretty much a vegan. <laughs> I'm vegan. Only one strip only of bacon. One only strip one. Of bacon. Yeah. yeah, just one. <laughs> <laughs> and on that. Oh, uh, quickly here. Uh, just because it's, it's the anniversary. Tomorrow, Saturday, 20 years since 9-11. 20 Years since planes flew into the World Trade Center on live television and into the Pentagon. Not on live television, but we certainly saw the aftermath. Where were you 20 years ago tomorrow? Wow. Um, I could tell you exactly. I was about to... uh, Well, it was right around math class that the announcement came on. I was in grade 10 math class. And my teacher was a prick, like just a prick. And I guess in between the bells, in between the first period and second period, they informed all the teachers. They let them know something big has happened. It's catastrophic. We don't know that, you know, we don't know all about it just yet. We know this much. A plane has hit the towers. And and that was all we knew at the time. And they were supposed to inform us because they wanted to allow us to go to the main area of the school and watch on the televisions that they wheeled out. And which they actually had to wheel out. And my prick of a math teacher didn't say a word about it and we were halfway through and then an announcement came on the pa that was like we'd like to take this i went to a catholic high school so we would like to take this moment to give a prayer to everybody we had no idea what was going on like prayer for what wow oh some planes at a tower it's not here it's in new york like i remember him just not giving a shit nonchalant nonchalant Uh, what a piece of shit so it's a piece of shit and and a shitty math teacher too but so we're fuck that guy oh he's a fucking prick (laughs) They so, should name the McPlant after that loser. <laughs> McDick. <laughs> um, no, he found a note once when I called him a penis head, so he got his. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, whatever. That'll teach him. That'll teach him real good. So what happened was after that, we were dismissed early from that class. We, we went down to the lobby to watch on the screens, and we saw what actually was happening because we didn't have visuals in the classroom. Saw it, and I remember just like being like, what is this? Went home, watched TV. I actually had a shift that evening i was hosting at montana's in cambridge nobody was there 
nobody came out to eat that night, as yeah. you can imagine. They were all drawn to their television sets, and we were watching on bar TVs. I'll never forget that 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 evening. I'm j- I was just sitting at the bar watching all of this happen on the news and still having so many questions, being like, why? What is happening? What, what is going on? Who, how many people died? Who, are their planes still going to hit? There were rumors about it, a plane hitting, to, like it's a CN Tower. All these scary, scary rumors, and there was like a handful of us working there. So that's like my memory of the day. David, where were you? Uh, I was coming home from working an overnight shift at the radio station, and I remember listening to you on the air uh, while it was happening, and then immediately after your show was done, I listened to Howard Stern, who was in New York at the time, obviously, and, and had a, he was on, I think he was on the air till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon that day, something mm-hmm. like that, and just sort of trying to pass the story on and talk about, you know, what's next? What do we do? Like they were in the middle of a show and the same way you were and just got that news that, mm-hmm. oh my God, like this is a pretty major thing just happened. So for you as the person who was performing at that time, what was that feeling like with getting like lit, like world headline breaking news come to you while you're doing a show and who knows what you were talking about at the time? Well, <clears throat> that was 2001. And it's funny because uh, we used to work for a program director who firmly believed in don't stop the music. So I was really trying to juggle giving out the information with got to keep that song count up. And I think the fucking song that I went into first was Joey died in your arms. Oh, Oh, no. But, you know, I mean, no, I I had to stick to the goddamn list. So (laughs) which was a whole other meeting. But I. I do remember thinking, this is fucking crazy, but if I don't stay calm, listeners won't stay calm, and we can't have that situation where people are losing their fucking minds. Now, I wasn't obviously on the Gardner Expressway. I was on in Toronto at the time. Uh, I wasn't on the 427 or the DVP, and I had no way of being in the car with them, so I thought to myself, how would I like to be told what's going on? So I did a lot of recaps. If you're just tuning in, this is what's happened. And what's weird is it never occurred to me until about 9 o'clock. Now, actually, it was a little before that. It was right after the second plane hit. It never occurred to me that it was terrorism. I thought it was an unfortunate, terrible tragedy, an accident. Plane, I don't know, lost power and went off its course and hit the building. I thought that's what this was. Then when the second plane hit, I thought, I think we're at war. I'm Mm. pretty confident we just got into a war. And I don't know who with. But I know that, that if, like I said, if I don't stay calm, nobody's going to. And then people started calling in. And I don't know how these rumors start, but yeah, you're right, Kat. People were thinking, I heard that there's a plane over Alaska that's not communicating and it's coming for the CN Tower. Yeah. Get, evacuate the CN Tower. And I thought, why? It's over Alaska. It's going to be five hours before it fucking gets here. We've got lots of time to deal with that. But it was that sort of stuff where I was really trying to sort out what was real from the bullshit. And there was a lot of bullshit, but I do remember when I got home that day, uh, it was around noon, which was late for me to get home. I, uh, I had a brand new daughter at home, and it's weird because that daughter now is going into her final year of university, but she was two at the time. And I looked at her and I thought, okay, this is a dad moment. Do we need to get the fuck out of here or what? Like, should we be heading north? Should we be heading south? Where are we safest? Because I still did have in the back of my mind, we could get attacked. I mean, flying planes into the the trade center, that's step one. What comes next? So in my head, I had a backup plan. And I had in my head what I would need if we had to bail quick, if there was an attack. Because that was where my mind went, is that we're at war. And it was a, a feeling that I never want to experience again. But it was very, very surreal anyway and 20 years later it still bugs me i know that there's some people listening to this who weren't even alive then i know that there's some people who think it was a a planned attack by the u.s government a false flag if you will and and i don't know if you're right or wrong because i've certainly seen some pretty compelling evidence that kind of supports that theory Mm -hmm. but i will say that the feeling i had that morning is a feeling i never want to have again and Mm -hmm. it was uh it's amazing how quickly I, a lot of people thought about their own humanity, their own, is there going to be a nuclear attack? Are we at war? Uh, uh, terrorism? Who's the, and then we started hearing stories about Afghanistan, and I thought, is there going to be terrorism here? Is it safe to go in the subway? All that sort of thing went through my mind, and I remember I was pretty affected by it for a while. 
being on the radio that morning was absolutely exhausting, but it really was the privilege of my career to be on the air and deliver to people what I thought they needed at that moment on September 11th, 2001. And the um, aftermath of it too, I mean, uh, Jean Chrétien, probably Canada's best prime minister in our lifetime, when Chrétien came out and... And he was he was a no bullshit kind of guy. And he just said it the way it is. We will stand shoulder to shoulder with our American allies and we will hunt down the bastards who did this. I thought, fuck, yeah, let's go. Fuck those guys. Whoever did this, fuck them. We're coming to get you. And I was all about it. Now, we've learned a lot in hindsight over these 20 years, but it had a huge impact on me. I uh, yeah, I still think about that and what I could have done differently that day. Well, that'll eat you up forever. You'll yeah, always you'll always totally. think that way. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. I personally disappointed because you told me that working with me was the greatest joy of your career, <laughs> greatest privilege. And now I'm hearing differently. So thanks, 9-11. <laughs> I meant at the bars when we were at Nashville. <laughs> oh, right. right. Oh, okay, okay. That working with you. No. Oh, OK. Now I get it. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, it was uh, it was. Well, I didn't even have my whole team. I mean, yeah, uh, I there was no cat then. There was no Dave then. There was mm-hmm. no. Uh, Ashley or Melanie then I was working with Josie and she left shortly after that. And then that's when Dave came in. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I still get, I'm going to watch a lot of those tributes tomorrow. I'm going to watch some of the documentaries. I still do from time to time, watch Mm -hmm. things like in plain sight, P L A N E. Is it, that's hard to find now. I think you have to order it online because they've taken the video off of all the streaming platforms, but movies like that, they'd have alternate theories about how this happened. And again, I don't know if it's true or not, but certainly some interesting watching and uh, not hard to to think about the victims on a day like that. I mean, when's the last time 2,700 people got killed in one shot like that? It doesn't happen very often. Well, on that note. <laughs> no, I don't want to go out on a bad note, but you know what? Tomorrow nice is a weekend. Yeah, no, I, that's history, right? That that's oh, no, it uh, is. history it is. that we can talk about actually being part of. And you and you and you mentioned it, Scott. For those who are interested, I know like uh, televised tomorrow, like all through the day. Yeah. There's a ton of 9/11s, and whatever angle you're looking for, they have it. Basically, stories uh, in memoriams, even some conspiracy stuff. I'm sure will be floating around too. But uh, yeah, I'll be thinking about that. That's uh, a moment we'll all never forget. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Dave, thank you for coming in as well. As always. What a beautiful Tuesday morning it was. The sky was clear. It was blue. Not a cloud in the sky. They call it severe clear. About 8 o'clock, American Flight 11 was fully fueled. It was bound for Los Angeles. It left Boston Logan Airport. This is Boston. I turned American 20 left and I was going to climb. He will not respond to me now. At all. like he's turning right. Traffic controllers lost contact, but the hijackers used the Hudson River as its guide down to New York City. What is your name? Okay, my name is Betty Ong. I'm number three on flight 11. The cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. First class galley flight attendant and our purser has been stabbed. And we can't get a cockpit. The door won't open. Uh, somebody's calling medical, and we can't get a stop. We're getting reports now that uh, the White House is being evacuated. We don't know precisely what caused that decision to be made. We have this as a major development. The Federal Aviation Administration has shut down all air traffic nationwide. This country has been immobilized by these terrorist attacks in terms of air travel today. We're also getting reports at the Capitol, the Treasury Building also being evacuated. Later, we learned that Flight 93 was either coming into the White House or the Capitol, and I think most believe it was the Capitol. The Capitol Police started yelling, evacuate, evacuate. We ran out of the Capitol, and I asked the security uh, where to go, and they said, just run, run, run. And I looked back, and all of the smoke was coming from the Pentagon. And as we crawled, she stopped and she said, I can't go any further. And I'm like, Lois, you have to. I have to get you out of this building. So she said, I can't go any further. She said her nylons were sticking to her legs because the floor was so hot. At that point, I just wanted to give up. But I knew I couldn't. (laughs) And the only thing that's going through my mind is I brought these people here and we're going to die. So it was the soldier who was there, myself and my colonel. And we were just beating on this window. 
the window popped open. These guys were down. They were saying, jump, jump, we got you. So the young soldier who was there, my colonel and I lowered him out of the window because he had been burned pretty bad. The lady, Lois, we lowered her out of the window next. The guys caught her, so that leaves my colonel and I in the window. At this point, he gives me an order. He said, Colonel, get out of this window right now. The only order ever in my military career that I did not want to obey. I knew people were still in there. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.